El Señor crucis de nimicis nosis, libéranos Deus noster, nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon for my sins. The grace to spend this time of prayer fruitfully, my Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, <clears throat> my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <clears throat> we continue asking the help of Saint Joseph and using his intercession to meditate on the virtues necessary for any person to live his own Christian life. We can examine the role of St. Joseph, his life, well, what he did was the what any man in his position should do, what God asked from him, from a human point of view, we can say that he was qualified, was nothing extraordinary, like any other father of a family would do it. What is it? To maintain his family, support his family, and second, to shepherd the growth and development, the education of the children in the measure of his capacity and abilities. That is, to feed them, to educate them, support the family. So, to begin with, we can say, well, it's what everybody should have done. However, what we see in St. Joseph, how he was immersed into it and made it the place and the means of his sanctification. St. Joseph did not have a first place in redemption. He was not there at the foot of the cross. He did not participate in the new covenant. He did not announce anything to Israel like the prophets. He was not one of the apostles to preach to the early Christianity. He was only asked to do his work with precision, with sacrifice, to be a good father, to be a good spouse, to support to be livelihood, to look for livelihood for the family, to, and to educate, very important, to educate the child. And this he fulfilled perfectly well, heroically, without any personal ambition. Sometimes we see people doing this, but when you remove the cover, you discover sometimes that it was done with the, I don't say absolutely, but with a certain amount of personal pride, 
this person was looking forward to assert himself, to demonstrate to the world how intelligent, how hardworking, how well uh, um, trained he was, whatever, whatever. No personal ambition. Therefore, without getting disheartened or frustrated, Saint Joseph never showed any, any, you know, frustration. Say, well, what a pity! No, I'm here. I never uh, appeared in the. He just there. He was not proud. He was never departing. I was telling you earlier, in the slightest degree, from the place assigned to him, from the business assigned to him. We can we don't see her, them, him going into some other business. I think I should put a, a sort of shop in Capernaum to send my furniture there and develop. Yeah, could have done, no, but he was there. Focus on his vocation. Focus on his mission in simplicity, in humility without pride ambitions, without desire to appear there, to show, to show off his ability. That natural and supernatural qualities of St. Joseph do not appear at first glance. For many well, people seem to be hidden, hidden. That's why we have to Look at him, St. Joseph, and learn from him and apply it to ourselves. Maybe we can think of him as God's right hand because he was doing it precisely in the ordinary circumstances like almost all of us do. St. <clears throat> Joseph gives us these families, this, sorry, St. Joseph, a family man, gives us such lessons. Huh? Being an ordinary man, family man, the father of a family, he is hardworking, he had to earn his living and his family's uh, support with the effort of his hands. Don't think that people every month will come around and uh, give a subsidy or angel. No, he had to do everything. And he knew that he was, what he was doing is God's assignment. It's God's mission for him. And these facts that we have contemplated so far in this meditation should have for us a deep meaning should be for us a motive of reflection, moreover, a motive of joy. Therefore, we should not be sad because, well, I'm not a big figure, I don't appear in the newspaper or in television. This is St. Joseph, a craftsman all his life. At the end of the episode of finding the child Jesus in the temple, 
The evangelist in Luke tells us that Jesus went down with them and lived in Nazareth. That's it. St. Joseph spent practically his entire life in Nazareth, small village in the inner part of Galilee, not open to the crossroads of the world that went along the lake of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee. And what kind of life someone for a forgotten village of Galilee, like Nazareth, could be? What kind of life? The answer is nothing but work. Work every day with the same constant effort. And at the end of the day, a poor little house in which to rest, to recover energy, and to be ready for the following day, day after day. This is his life. This is our life for many of us. Now, when we do so facing God, when we do so accompanying our Lady Jesus, accompanying our Joseph, the place where we work, the place we live, becomes the house of Nazareth, the workshop of Joseph. Whatever you are, whatever you do, becomes that place, the workshop of Joseph. And then routine, what looks like routine, becomes a motive of joy because we know why. Once we know the why I'm doing this, then it doesn't matter the how. How is it done? Like this, like that, with much effort today, not so much effort. Let's focus on the why. Why I'm doing this? Why did St. Joseph did what he did? That's why St. Joseph is the model of sanctity, great sanctity in ordinary life. Looks like a paradox, right? That sanctification in work, in family life, in the little contradictions present in any one of us, in the joys, great and small, in our daily living, in the little things of each day that you have to take care of, and now to take care of this, to remember to drop by this and get this, to be sure that this person is told this and that it was. This is our life, and very similar, the life of St. Joseph, together with Mary. St. Joseph almost appeared hidden in sacred scripture, very little. I was telling you, I don't think there is any quote of St. Joseph, and St. Joseph did said, quote, nothing. Never. But it doesn't mean that he was inactive, that he was lazy, very much on the contrary. 
You see, this is our model, which is also for us a consolation. When we notice that we are not applauded by the people, that, I don't know, that extraordinary events never happened to us, well, this is the type of sanctity that God expects from us constantly. St. Joseph, after he returned from Egypt, he continued his life, probably working hard, and probably he died before Jesus began his public life, because we are told that when he was 30 years old, which was the, the age, the minimum age required for a person in Israel to become a rabbi. Before 30, no, in the Puede, 30, you can be called a rabbi. And Jesus left the house and began teaching. Now, the difference is that the rabbis normally, before being 30, for years, maybe 10 years, they have been accompanying another rabbi and been instructed by the master, uh, going around and listening every day uh, in formal classes. But Jesus not, cannot, could not afford that luxury reading the gospel because he was a carpintero. How can you be a carpintero, uh, earn a living, and go around listening the whole day to the rabbi? No. Uh, so uh, Jesus was working. So he did not have any master. And I doubt there was a big master in Nazareth because he was a rural barangay at that time. No, so they could, no, no rabbi was living there. No? That's why when he left after his ministry in Judea, he goes back to Galilee and he goes to his hometown. And people were, wow, this fellow from the carpenter and has become, I don't know what he was doing in, in Jerusalem, but let's see what he knows. And they invited him a Sabbath to give a speech in the synagogue. And he gave the synagogue of Nazareth speech, and he can read it in the gospel. And at the end, the people were amazed. Well, where does he come from? <clears throat> well, where did he learn everything? Because they knew that he had not been the disciple of any famous or not famous rabbi. Where did he learn to, to speak like that? Is he not the carpenter? Is he not the son of the carpenter? Don't we know his cousins, his mother, Mary? So Jesus followed the footsteps of Joseph. Now, the evangelist tells us <clears throat> uh, about Jesus' genealogy and, uh, and how, through St. Joseph, he was related to the kings of Israel. St. Luke takes St. Joseph's side in the genealogy, but St. Matthew is the one who mentions Our Lady. But anyhow, the people in Nazareth were wondering, is he not the carpenter? Well, actually, we do not know that he was exactly a carpenter. Don't be scandalized, okay? So what the 
the Bible says is in Latin in Vulgate is faber, which means trabajador, craftsman, craftsman, a person who is earning a living by doing something. Could be wood, in that case it will be some kind of carpenter, or could be metals. Yes, they knew the Jews at that time, they could do things with metals, they knew the the metallurgy of uh, iron and brass and copper. So he could have been a metal worker. It's only later on in the first centuries, I think it's the third or fourth century, St. Justin mentions in his book, The Dialogue with Trifon, is, uh, he says that he was a carpenter. Uh, perhaps because of the prestige of St. Justin, was an apologist, amazing writer. That's why traditionally we think that being a craftsman, he was precisely a craftsman of wood instead of metal. But some other saints say he, he worked on metal. He was in Hillary, for instance, also from the first century of Christianity, he was a metal worker. But anyhow, that's not very important. What we know is that he was working with his hands all the time. He was the head of a family. He was a rather poor man in a very uh, modest family. He was the head of the family. And he had the responsibility of maintaining the family. So he had to work very hard and with, uh, as we know traditionally, with the, with the tools there in the carpentry shop, day after day, at his bench, engaging straightforward and uncomplicated tasks. So don't think that the work of uh, St. Joseph was uh, amazing, no? Beautiful pieces of furniture. <laughs> no, don't be... Don't be uh, naive. Why? Because, let's see, he was in Nazareth, so we can conclude that he sold his product to the neighborhood of Nazareth and nearby villages. And what were the needs? Because when you sell something, you uh, examine the needs. What were the needs of these people? What kind of furniture did they have? Or they have? Well, first of all, at that time, the house of an average person was really scanty about the furniture. So he didn't have a dining room, he didn't have tables, he did not have chairs, uh, did not have what we may say a decent bed. Why? Because they ate on the floor, on uh, uh, carpet, alfombra, some not rich, usually not so rich. And there they ate, uh, squatting on the floor, maybe a pillow. So therefore, if nobody had a dining room at home and uh, nobody had it, uh, means he never had to be asked, uh, order, uh, six chairs. No, never, <laughs> because uh, nobody had chairs at home. No, so, so what did he do? Well, he could have been doing a door, yes, a door, solid door, uh, shelves on the wall, a big trunk, wooden trunk, a baul, and very simple catre, 
uh, as bed, but that's it. Don't expect a closet, don't expect a, anything complicated, no? A tocador, no, no, there were no, nothing of that sort, no? Which leads us to the conclusion that it's not the quality, I mean, the, the, yes, the quality, let me explain, not the, the level of, of product there is very sophisticated. No? It can be very simple things as he was doing, as we know, yeah? but done with love of God, with dedication. Likewise, you and I had to sanctify ourselves for all of us in the ordinary things of our work. That's what St. Joseph is teaching us. We cannot say, uh, but my work is very routinary. My work is uh, here at home or here in the office or here in the architect's uh, um, table. And very simple thing, nothing extraordinary precisely. It's there that you have to be holy. This is what also St. Maria has always insisted. That's why he had such a great devotion to St. Joseph as model of sanctity for all of us. And also, that's why he tells us, he helped to understand the dignity of work. <clears throat> in the book of Ecclesiasticus, we read, be constant in your job, live at it, and grow old in your profession. You see how contrary this goes against sometimes the dreams, empty dreams of many people are going to be the, no? or not even, of course it's all right to improve and to have a better job, always. What the Ecclesiasticus is telling us is that we should not be, you know, longing for uh, going out of here as if we were a prison. No, it's not a prison if there is love as it happened in St. Joseph. Why did he persevere? Because he knew he was doing what God expected from him, accompanied by Jesus in Mary. St. Joseph did not receive his daily bread for free. He had to toil day and night so as not to be a burden for anyone even more to gain in earnest for his family, for Mary, and for Jesus. He begged from no one. He brought up this tiny family with the bare necessities, but with a sense of responsibility. Of this, we are sure. He never became rich, but he had only just sufficient to survive, maybe with ups and downs. You can imagine when the, there was a bad harvest in the neighborhood because of the uh, atmospheric condition, the climate, the weather this year, and the, the, the harvest was not so great. Well, perhaps they have more difficulties collecting the little orders that he had to work for, because you can imagine that most of it was uh, barter, exchange, no? You make me this uh, door and this uh, little stool, and uh, when the wheat uh, comes, the harvest, I will give you 
half a sacco of trigo. Yeah, it seems like that. Or, yeah, they never lack of this, and able bringing figs or apricots or whenever they had extra, like payment for the services. Work, work. Work was the activity of St. Joseph. And that work was founded on love. Love for the work, which was well done. And when there is love of God there and love for the others, the humblest of all jobs dignifies the person who does it. Don't be afraid. Just finish your work very well. Try to do it with the right intention. Try to please God. Do it for God. It is this love that removes from your work the burden of drudgery and boredom which sometimes happen to people. So think of it. When the person feels uncomfortable and wants to throw everything away, will it be that that person has lost love, lost enthusiasm because that person does not understand his collaboration with the plans of God. So Joseph knew that his work had a meaning. Love converts work into service. He knew why he was working. It is when care is taken to do a job well done, well, that one can speak with propriety about works as being honorable. Sometimes you have seen a person doing a very humble kind of work, but that person, you talk to that person and he feels as if, uh, as if doing very important. Why? Because he's doing it as a service with love. Maybe he's just opening the door of, 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 of the hotel or of the club but he does it with dedication because he knows he, he is proud in the good sense of his work. Yeah, especially people doing craftsman and things like that. Very simple thing. I remember when I was connected with carpentry work, they did very little things. They, they have satisfaction of a job work well done. It happened to any profession. A cook, well, he feels that satisfaction. When the, when, the, when the people uh, feel or, or like or the product of his hands, that's the way we have to look at Joseph. Jesus, for sure, he looked very much like Joseph regarding attitude of work and the character. Because Joseph, remember, apart from support, he had to educate. Children, boys, learn from their father many things many traces, many bits of their character and the way of speaking, the accent. <laughs> what is the accent? He had the same accent of St. Joseph, probably with a little bit of Galilean accent, but not very strong because people knew when they talked to him, he is Galilean, so everybody said, but not as strong as, as probably uh, as Peter. Peter was also Galilean, but he was just a fisherman. Maybe our Lord was a little bit more refined, 
Let's learn from St. Joseph to work well, but more importantly, to work for love. The person who works, no matter what his task is, is cooperating with God himself, very clear in St. Joseph. That person turns himself a bit into the creator of the world around him. God is the creator of the world, right? Well, when we work, somehow we are collaborating with God in that creation of the world. This comes from Pope Francis encyclical Patris Corde. Let's continue completing the creation of the world, collaborating with God. Finishing well what I have to do as an act of service. It doesn't matter how important it is. <clears throat> Giving all the glory to God. Deo omnis gloria. <clears throat> That's why Saint Jose Maria taught that sanctification of work is a hinge, he said. The bisagra, the hinge of the spirit of Opus Dei is a means to reach God, not an end. Why not an end? Because some people work well, work very well, but they remain there. They work in order to excel in the work without any further consideration. That's called professionalitis, that is. It's a sickness that the person thinks that the end of his world, the purpose of his existence, is to be a good professional, period. To make as much money as possible, period, end. And you and I have to work like that person we have described, but seeing further. Okay, my work is not an end in itself, it's not the end of my life. It's a means for something much more amazing, beautiful, which is happiness forever, service to God by serving the others. This is our life. So we have to take a new glance at our work and look at it as a ladder, as a ladder to heaven, as a way of being united forever with Jesus, with Mary, with Joseph. <clears throat> I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I beg your help in performing them. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.